hear me okay? Let me know if you can hear me okay. Welcome to DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. And uh, tonight we are talking about Joe Biden and reparations and immigration. And uh, in case you didn't uh, notice earlier today, I did a stream on DrBoysTV.com uh, about Joe Biden and uh, his announcement that uh, that that he was going to basically make his number one priority uh, to be to create a path for citizenship for 11 million uh, people who are here illegally. Now, uh, I'm not here to ask you your opinion on illegal immigration uh, because that's up to you to have that. But I am here uh, to get a sense of whether or not you feel that he is uh, adequately uh, reciprocating to the black community, the community that is uh, that is given credit for saving democracy in every election, saving the Democratic Party in every election, but always seems to be last on the priority list. So to speak on this issue, uh, I brought in a couple of brothers from uh, from the Black Balls channel. Uh, Mr. T. Khalik, uh, Tariq Abdul Khalik, that is his full name. He's a commentator and a brilliant black man. How you doing today, brother? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. Man, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Also from the Black Boss Channel, we got Jeff Lighty Jr., uh, who is, uh, I, well, I call him Lil Stephen A., but he's also got a lot of great commentary on a lot of topics. How you doing today, Jeff? Pretty good. How you fellas doing? Doing good, doing good. All right, so let, let's start with, with, with you, T. I, I'm going to go straight to you because I know this is something that, just get you fired up, man, and um, and I'm sure you have your thoughts all well organized in terms of what you know what your thoughts are on this. And so let's start with the uh, announcement by Joe Biden that immigration, uh, that 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 sort of creating the pathway to citizenship and all that is his top priority. Uh, how did you feel when you when you read that, T? Well, I'm absolutely not surprised by that at all because you got to understand when you look at how the La- Latinos engage in politics, they don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat they are going to push their agenda. And if it's illegal immigration, that's what they are going to push. I remember, I don't, I can't remember if it was 2016 or 2017 when Trump was announcing building the wall and Nancy Pelosi was, was talking against it. The Latinos in the crowd was protesting against Nancy Pelosi saying that she was not doing enough, pretty much just raising hell. And that's the problem. See, they don't get comfortable because it's a Democrat in office. They let these Democrats know, this is the agenda that you will push, otherwise you won't have our vote. You can't scare them with the, um, if, if, if you guys don't win, we're gonna get a white supremacist in the house. They don't care because then they're just gonna push illegal immigration with Donald Trump. So I'm not surprised. And the Democrats answer to that because that is going to be their new base in the long run. Black people are not gonna be their new base in the long run. Once these people become legal, that's who they're going to answer to, not us. And that's sad. So, so you feel that uh, Joe Biden is uh, that he's just prepared the Democratic Party for the future, that the future of the party is going to be, uh, you know, OK, black people are what got us here. And that's going to take us to the next level. So, Jeff, let me ask you this. It seems to me like like that's a common pattern. Let me tell you, uh, uh, there's a uh, there was a network called the Oprah Winfrey Network, uh, which uh, ha- hasn't done very well. Oprah just sold her her last stake, and the network uh, kind of fell apart. But but they did make a little bit of money. And one of the things that the Oprah Winfrey Network did was when they first launched with Discovery, they were failing. And when they were failing, they went to black people. Uh, they went to black people and started. Uh, he, she started partnering with Tyler Perry uh, to make movies or whatever. And the reason she did that, I believe, is because black people actually watch more TV than almost anybody else. And then once uh, once they kind of got their black people in line, that's when they kind of started trying to branch out. So do, do you feel that sometimes uh, the black community gets used 
uh, whether it's politically, economically, or otherwise. It it almost seems like like they just kind of are like, okay, we're, we're gonna we're gonna use you until we don't need you, and then we're gonna move on to something else. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Jeff? Yeah, it goes to that pandering point, right? Like we see this uh, during election cycles. We see it. I mean, since the beginning of time, it almost seems like we see we've seen clips of Malcolm talking about sending out comedians and singers to get your vote. And then we saw that this, you know, when when Hillary ran, we saw her go up to the breakfast club with hot sauce in her bag or whatever. And then we also saw Cardi B interview Joe Biden and we saw uh, Lizzo interview Kamala Harris. Like we've seen this. This this isn't something new. I I am kind of interested by the Biden making the illegal immigrants is number one thing because we saw on that call with the civil rights leader, a coronavirus was his number one issue, right? But I guess since Trump's out of office, now coronavirus is going to go away. So now uh, making illegal immigrants is his number one priority. But there's a common theme, whether it was coronavirus before on that Zoom call with the civil rights leaders or making illegal immigrants uh, the priority now is the fact that Neither one of those times, whether it was a month or two ago or now, is it black people. And black people are the ones who are credited, like specifically credited with giving him the election, whether it was the votes in Milwaukee or Georgia or Detroit or wherever. Like we all give that credit to black people by pushing Michigan blue, pushing pushing Arizona blue, Georgia blue. All these states went blue because of black people and Stacey, so much so that I think it was Time Magazine put Stacey Abrams on the cover of their magazine as the like woman of the year or the woman who saved the democracy or whatever. But regardless of that, the black people still aren't being treated like they saved the democracy or treated like they saved the election for the Democrats. And that is, to me, that's sad. Like that's sickening, right? Like they didn't put uh, Eva Longoria or Alex Rodriguez on the cover of Time Magazine as, you know, because the Latinos were the one that saved the democracy. They put Stacey Abrams because they're saying black people saved the democracy and they're not getting treated as such. And so that to me shows that our power isn't there. We're like you said, we're being used when we're needed and then pushed to the side when the real issues, the real topics come to the table. And that and that is just a sad thing. And then everything's was fun, bro, brother, because the Latinos aren't playing that. Like you don't ever see when the Democrats talk to their community, it's all about policies and programs. You don't see them, you don't see Latinos asking Democrats like what spices do you like on your burritos? <laughs> or what Latino music do you dance to? You know what I'm saying? Like how you have Angela Rye playing around with uh, Kamala Harris accent of what hip hop music you listen to. It's just, they're not playing. They have an agenda. This is what black people have to learn. No one, other groups don't play games when it comes to politics because it's dealing with power. We need to learn that and stop playing around when it comes to politics. It's not a joke. Mm. So, so, uh, so, by the way, everybody, uh, I'm speaking to uh, Tariq Abdul-Khalik and Jeff Lightsey Jr. from the Black Boss Channel. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. Uh, if you haven't done it yet, everybody hit the thumbs up button or share or subscribe on the count of three. We need you because we're building black owned media so we can actually share these narratives that don't that you don't see on CNN or ABC or NBC. So on the count of three, everybody hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe, hit the uh, notification bell. One, two, three. Three thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Everybody hit the thumbs up button, share, notification, subscribe. Please do that. Very important. All right. So, so let's talk. Let's keep talking about Joe Biden and this immigration thing. Uh, so, Joe Biden makes the announcement that uh, that that creating pathway to citizenship for 11 million people is his next priority. So, 11 million. That's uh, I think the black population is about 40 million. So, you're talking about a fourth of the black population being added on top of the existing 
uh, population from south of the border. Now, I, I think it's very important to make it clear that this is not anti-anybody. We're not here to discriminate or talk bad about anybody or anything like that. We're just here to basically say, what about black people? And uh, and so when, when we talk about what about black people and ask uh, where black people fit into this, and you guys, if you want to hear my opinion on this, uh, on drboystv.com, I did an hour-long commentary about it this morning. So my opinion isn't as important as these two guys. I want you to hear from these two brothers here. But let's talk about reparations. Uh, I have not. I mean, give me a yes or no in the chat. Uh, anybody, yes or no in the chat. Have you heard Joe Biden mention reparations at all? Have, has anybody in the chat do you recall at any point hearing Joe Biden ever even say the word reparations? Even even if he said, I don't agree with it, or I'm thinking about it, or we'll look into it, or whatever. Yes or no. Have you ever heard Joe Biden say reparations? Give me a yes or no. Uh, give me a yes or no. Have you ever heard Kamala Harris say the words re- word reparations? I, I I haven't heard it. Maybe I'm wrong. Has anybody heard Kamala Harris talk about reparations at all? Even say the word. Even say the word. Uh, has anybody heard um, Stacey Abrams? Uh, Stacey Abrams saved America, right? She's on the cover of magazines and stuff. And you know, I'm sure she's going to get rewarded for that. She will be rewarded for that. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious, have you heard Stacey Abrams mention reparations as an agenda item? Uh, Raphael Warnock, who just got elected down in Georgia, his Raphael Warnock, uh, who raised about $124 million to run for office. Most of that money came from corporations and millionaires. It didn't come from black people. So uh, he's going to he's gonna do what you do when you go to your job. When you go to your job at UPS, you're not working for the black community. You're working for UPS. So when Raphael Warnock goes to his job, he's not working for black people. He's working for his employers, which would be the Democratic Party and the people that gave him the money. I'm going to keep going down the list. Have you heard Barack Obama? Barack Obama's out of office. You know, he's safe. He's got $100 million in the bank. Has anybody heard Barack Obama talk about reparations? Now, these, are, these are your friends. These are, these are supposed to be the people that have your back. These are supposed to be the people that you look up to. Have you heard Michelle Obama? Michelle. Uh, anybody heard Michelle Obama talk about reparations? I, I haven't heard any of these people say the word reparations at all at any point anywhere, almost as if they are under a gag order, as if they are. And this is why I want to bring this point up. Uh, we talk about censorship a lot. They have been censored. I believe they have been censored. I believe they have been told not to talk about reparations. Let me tell you why. And I'm going to tell the story and then I'm going to pass this. I want to pass the ball to T. Uh, Ju- Dr. Julianne Malvo came on this channel. Dr. Julianne Malvo. The uh, the uh, the Ph.D. educated uh, professor who graduated from MIT. She has a Ph.D. from MIT in economics. Uh, Not once has the the White House ever invited her in to talk about black economics or fixing the black wealth problem. Uh, But they invited Al Sharpton maybe about 110 times to the White House during the Obama presidency, but never invited Julianne Malvo, who lived right down the street, by the way. Dr. Claude Anderson lived right down the street. They weren't serious about solving this problem. Julianne Malvo came on this channel and said that. She she uh, got the hookup. Somebody hooked her up with an interview with Barack Obama many years ago. And in that interview, she asked Barack Obama, how do you feel about reparations? And what Barack Obama did was, according to Dr. Malvo, Barack Obama immediately shut down that interview. He immediately said in the interview, cut the interview now. Like, like I can't talk about this with black people. And I'm telling this story because. Um, I, I kind of, at least for those who want to hear what's really going on and see what I've been seeing, you need to hear this. Uh, there, there are conversations that, that the public is not aware of. The, the Democratic, there are black people from the Democratic Party and high levels who have contacted us when Ice Cube and I were working. There, there was somebody who con- reached out and said, we are so happy that you're putting pressure on this party because the racism inside the party is terrible. These, these white folks won't let us do anything for black people. They think we're out, we're out here trying to do nothing. We're trying. They're stopping us. So T, when I tell that story, uh, what do you what goes through your mind? 
Well, I'm absolutely not shocked because it seems like everything when it comes with Democrats and black people, it just seems like a fantasy uh, land illusion where they come up and they say, we under, we understand your issues and your issues is police violence and black representation. And that's it. And this is the problem. What they use is they use the language that we use all the time. They they hear us talking about white supremacy all the time. So then the white liberals talk about white supremacy all the time. And thus, when we are so focused on what white people are doing and how they love each other and how they govern each other, what that does to the black mind is it halts us. We can't ever talk about reparations or any type of economic improvement because we're so focused on how white people think. And in order for us to even move to that, that next topic, we literally have to rage war against white people to overthrow them in order for our issues to thrive. And that's just a battle that's never going to happen. If I was a white supremacist, of course I would not give black people reparations. Why? You're going to economically be able to compete with me. You are going to gain power. So no, I'm going to keep that conversation out of the public. And yes, I'm going to come up with every single excuse not to give you reparations. And every single black person that I put on TV that represents my party is going to say the same thing. They're not going to talk about reparations. They're, they are going to minimize and say, oh, well, you know, that's something we can't afford. And, you know, that's just that's just not feasible for black people. Come up with every other excuse. So that way you never thrive as a black community. You become dependent on them. You fear white supremacy so much that you're never going to push your agenda forward. So, yeah, that's what's happening with the black community right now, brother. Mm. Well, you know, I, I I do think that there is kind of this thing where it's uh, sort of a, a lack of respect. Like, um, you know, if you're going to get if you go into a store and you know that uh, that there's a, a piece of jewelry that's worth a thousand dollars. But, you know, the person that runs the store is going to give it to you for 50 bucks. And somebody in the store is like, well, you know that 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 jewelry, they're like your friend is like, well, you know, they're, like they're trying to tell the person, you know, this this is actually uh, worth a thousand dollars. What are you going to do? You're going to be like, Shh, be quiet, be quiet. You know, like, no, no, no. He, you know, like, like, cause he's going to give it to us for $50. Like what do you, you know? And I feel like that's what they do with the black vote. You know, like it's, it's ironic. It's almost like a contradiction, Jeff, where on one hand, they'll tell us that the black vote is valuable, but then they tell you to give it away cheap. And you, you got to connect that to black wealth being so, uh, so low and black people being, being so broke. If you are giving everything that you have that's valuable, giving it away cheap, then that's the formula for being broke. It's like in football, you know, you're, you're a football guy. If, if every time you get a chance to score a touchdown, you throw the ball out of bounds uh, or hand it to the defense, you're not going to win a lot of games like that, <laughs> right? No, no games like that. And just to go off that, I think we've, we've been brainwashed to think that if, well, like, for, besides the fact that we've been told for years and years that reparations is almost impossible, right? Like there's no way the government can afford to give you reparations, yet we've seen them give out two forms of stimulus and, and probably a third one on the way. So we've seen the government literally print money when there was no money to have. So we've seen that act like in the last year. And besides that, we've actually hindered ourselves from getting reparations, right? Like, so we have this mindset that we like, oh, even if you give black people reparations, all they're going to do is blow it on Louis, Gucci, and Jordan, right? Like we've we told ourselves, and not, not just we, I've heard this myself. Like when I've talked about getting reparations, to our community, to our people, what we're rightfully deserved. Like I've had black people, not not white folks, black people tell me, 
Man, black people don't know what to do with no money. Black people not going to be able to spend it right. Black people going to go make the white man rich and all that kind of stuff. And, and while in some cases that might say to a lot of people that might make a lot of sense and that might seem true, there are educated black folks that will be able to distribute that wealth in the right positions, right? Like I'm pretty sure Dr. Claude Anderson has a has a solution to reparations. Or I'm pretty sure even if uh, you, Dr. Boyce, would have some sort of solution to how to economically put our people in the right places or how to distribute said reparations. So like there are ways to figure this out. It ain't just going out handling everybody, uh, you know, $10,000 or whatever so they, they go blow, but to actually put that money into our communities the right way. Not put that money into these corporations like Black Lives Matter or whatever that says they're doing something for our community, but actually putting the funds in our in our people's hands. And I think there's there's plenty of ways to do it. And some people there there's literally blueprints out there that a lot of educated, smart black people have put on the website, on the web internet, or in on paper to rightfully distribute the reparations our people deserve. Mm. Okay, so so reparations. Uh, let, let's talk about that. Um, you know, reparations have been paid to other groups. We know this. Uh, we know that America uh, owes black people reparations. Everybody who agrees that black people owe reparations, say yes in the chat. Yes, if you agree that reparations are owed. No, if you disagree. I think that's an important, simple place to begin. So uh, to everybody type yes in the chat. If you believe that we deserve reparations, no, if we do not. Uh, so I want to ask uh, T this question. You know, when, when you hear... Um, well, why do you think reparations haven't been paid? Uh, if an overwhelming number of black people, uh, regular people, people that are like here right now, maybe the hundreds of thousands of people that maybe they watch this channel every week, stuff like that. If 90 something percent of them all feel that reparations are called for, um, why hasn't that happened? Why do you think it hasn't gotten uh, the attention that it deserves? T? Well, two things. The first thing is um, they don't want black people to compete economically, because that's going to be an economic stimulus for the black community for us to come together and build strong businesses and institutions, which sustains our community and make us an independent people. And when you become independent people, you become a lot wiser, you become a lot smarter, and you become a lot stronger. So that's number one. Number two, um, black people themselves seem to not unify on this issue and push it and what i mean is when it comes to like voting let's take a prime example for the for this 2020 election when once again we saw how desperate the democrats were wanting to win that was the time we should have put reparations but what did we push instead and this is the problem i'm, I'm having with this white supremacy talk we pushed if we don't elect joe biden then the white supremacists Republicans will win. So what's happening with the African-American community is that their fear of white people, their fear of white Republicans especially, is stopping them from holding their Democrat politicians accountable or holding both sides accountable. Instead, they are running in fear to one party to prevent another party from winning. And they're doing this every four years. And white people can see this. Especially if you're a white liberal, you can see, wow, you mean to tell me I can scare them every single four years and only promote black people who also scares them into voting for us. Even some independent YouTubers, sadly, they repeat everything you hear on CNN. It's just so frustrating. They're not raising the black consciousness. They're just saying, oh, those right wingers, um, Trump supporters, they are coming to get you. All that does is when it's time to vote, when it's time to put pressure on your congressman, 
We caught on fear because we don't want these racist Republicans to win, therefore guaranteeing nothing happens for you. So that's the second reason why reparations are, are not getting pushed is because black people are not getting over their fear of white people. Mm. Wow. Well, she's a, uh, our fear of white people. Interesting. Well, you know, it does seem uh, to me, Jeff, like um, like th- this sort of this constant fear of, you know, all oh, the Proud Boys going to come get y'all or they all, you know, all the Trump supporters are going to get guns and, and decide to kill a black person tomorrow. Like, I, I, you know, you hear that a lot. Right. You hear these. Uh, I, I think I saw somebody forwarded me um, a note that that claimed that the NAACP had heard credible threats, that uh, there were initiations in white supremacist groups where they were being told to go out and and do something terrible to a black person as a rite of passage. Now, not to say that these things are not possible, but I haven't seen any evidence that this is happening on a nationwide scale. Now, what I also see is that in a nation of 330 million people, you're always going to have somebody get killed somewhere. And, uh, and, And what the media tends to do is they will take one story out of you know, 330 people, million people will live, but one person gets killed and they take that one story and blow it up. And they say, this could be your son. And it's some guy, you know, some guy way off in Texas somewhere, one incident, you know, millions of people were fine, but one person has something bad happen to them. And they almost use that as a type of fear. I, I've studied that actually uh, and did some research and reading on it. And that's literally a deliberate tactic by media. Media knows that they can get higher ratings through fear. Their goal is to get ratings because ratings is how they make money and fear drives ratings more than anything else. So then, so, so media's goal is to scare you to death. Uh, the politicians goals to also scare you because that's the way to motivate people to vote. And I also think though, that with black people, because of what we've gone through, because our grandparents really did have these sorts of serious threats. Maybe if you go went down in the South in the 1930s, 1940s, you did have these terrible things kind of happening, right? There, there is a real legacy there. But uh, I, it almost seems to me that that's what key, like we're frozen in fear. Like you can't move forward if you're always afraid. And so so to use another sports analogy, Jeff, um, it makes me think about, you know, you and I were just talking about football today. So, so football's on my brain. But, uh, you know, I remember, uh, you know, talking to some guys when I started playing football. The guy, one of the older guys said, if you go on the field and you're afraid of getting hurt, you're going to get hurt. If you're afraid of getting, you know, if you're afraid, if you're afraid of injury or if you're scared, then whatever you fear is going to happen to you. So you can't go out there with fear. It doesn't mean that people don't get hurt. People do get hurt every day playing, you know, playing football happens. Right. But but if you got you either play or don't play. And it's almost as if we just chosen not to play. We've just chosen to sit still in fear. And that's why we can't move the ball down the field as a community. What do you think, Jeff? No, it's, it's exactly right. I think part of the, you know, just go back to the original question, why the reparations aren't being dispersed is because there's no diversity among black people. And what I mean by that, all the black people, or at least the mainstream black people, the people that you see on, on TV, whether it's CNN or MSNBC or whatever, they're all on one side. And if you go to the other side, a lot of a lot of the black people that we see on the other side, they, they either look really ignorant or they make them look so ignorant that there's no way in hell you'd want to be on that side. Like you look like an Uncle Tom or a coon or whatever. But when you're subjugated to one side, you have no leverage. That's the purpose of having a, your vote is your only leverage. But all your votes or at least 90 percent of your votes already counted for the other team. Right. So like, think about it. If I want something from you, voice or T, like what if we're going to do an exchange or whatever, it's, it's exactly that. It's supposed to be an exchange and there's no exchange. And so when we come to the bargaining table, reparations is never a topic. 
because the people that are supposed to be representing us, at least in the mainstream media, never bring it up because it's not a part of the exchange. The part of the exchange is giving them a big fat check because I'm pretty sure if you get you know paid to work for CNN or MSNBC, you get a nice little check. Whether you're you know Van Jones or Don Lemon or whoever, they get paid a lot. But even they don't ever talk about reparations. They're supposed to look out what's best for the black black population. But there's a good chunk, and I'm sure they're in the chat right now, a good chunk of the black population that are fighting or that want reparations. But that's not being brought to the bargaining table. And that is the problem. Like when we have it, but that's the beauty behind independent media is like this one, and whether it's Tariq Nasheed or whoever, the ones that are really pushing for the black agenda, a real black agenda, Ice Cube or whoever, and not just what's being said over mainstream media, that's when you get these conversations. But these conversations are what's called uncomfortable, and a lot of people don't like having uncomfortable conversations, but these are the ones that need to be had. And, 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 can, I, and can I add on that, uh, Dr. Dr. Boyce, if you also think about it, um, black folks, we got to get out of this thing where just because you see someone black in the media, they represent you. Because what I was always told is to look who fund these people. Just just think about how the root attacks Dr. Boyce Watkins, you know, a man who is telling black people, trying to teach black people to become financially independent, build their own businesses and communities. And they attack you like you're just some retarded misogynist hotel and you're never brought in for an interview. And, you know, you got to ask yourself, are these black people with these black mainstream platforms, whose interests are they serving? Are they truly serving your best interests? by attacking your intellects, who is introducing new ideas in your community outside of the old mainstream ideas. Who are they benefiting? Are they benefiting their white handlers who's paying them, whose positions never change? Or are they benefiting you and uplifting you? That's what we really gotta break out of. I don't, I don't care for black people being celebrated by the white media or being uplifted, who cares? You're not doing for nothing for me. You might as well just put a white face back in that position. <laughs> well, I, I shared some of the headlines with you guys. Could we y'all were to read that? Did y'all see that? I did see it. I was there. How you talking about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah I mean, that's a good point you bring up, T. I mean, you know, when, when you, I think that what you really got to ask a lot, I mean, think about it. Uh, some of our people, you know, they're, they're, they're the ultimate employees, you know, and uh, <clears throat> meaning that, you know, we, we've been, we have a history of slavery. We have a history of, of, of working for other people, usually working for white people. So I think a good question to ask most black people in media, honestly, is who do you work for? You know, who do you work for? Who, who are you representing? What what good are you doing for the black community uh, by doing that particular task? And it's important to do that, because if you think about it, there's a difference between a man in, when he's acting on behalf of himself or his family versus that same man when he's acting on behalf of his employer. If I if I work at Burger King, um, I'm going to behave very differently when I am, uh, you know, when I'm a free man than I will when I get on my Burger King uniform. You see what I mean? When I get on my Burger King uniform, no, I can't give you no free burgers. No, I can't go watch the game with you. No, I can't, you know, do anything other than serve hamburgers and I must sell, I must sell them to you. If I'm at home, it's my grill. I can cook a burger for you and, and feed you. But when I'm at work, these, these ain't my burgers. This is the white man's burgers. I got a lot of burgers. I'm looking good in my Burger King uniform, but there ain't none of this mine. I, right now, I'm someone else's property. And the, the, the analogy is that a lot of the black people you see on TV are not free black people. They are someone else's property. They are on the job. They are uh, wearing their Burger King uniform. So when you see 
that somebody on the writing for the root, you, you, you're wearing your Burger King uniform, you flipping burgers for, for the root, you're, you're doing the, the bidding for the people that employ you because you don't, we know you have no other options when you are on CNN and you talking crazy about you know, some topic black people don't even care about. Uh, well, that's not a free black man. That's not a free black woman. That is somebody wearing a Burger King uniform who is doing the job of their employer. And this is the reason why. Uh, and I'm gonna let I like for my guests to get the last word uh, before we head out. But this is the reason why black people, especially black men, and particularly black men, uh, black women as well, but all, but but black men. I say this to you in particular because because you're in this male to male competition with the white man. It is not. Uh, pleasing to the eye for any black woman to watch you walk around tickling a white man's balls in order for you to get a hit. It just doesn't look good. She might not say it, but I believe it. Women in the chat, please confirm what I'm saying. It's hard for them to look up to you when another man is dominating you, right? <clears throat> like again, Jeff and I were watching the Saints game. It, it, you know, if <laughs> if you were playing for the for the Buccaneers and they're getting blown out by the Saints and laughed at, your woman's gonna be a little embarrassed, right? She's gonna she's gonna help you heal, but she's gonna feel kind of bad. Like she, she'd rather be next to the winner, it, it, at least if she had a choice. So my point is to say that the black man needs to learn how to win. In order to win, you have to learn how to be free. Being free is where economics comes into play. It's where uh, the ability to have independent thinking comes into play. Uh, you you have to fight a, a battle that's a little bit different for everybody else. And the, 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 the worst thing they did to the black man in terms of neutering him was somehow convincing him that he was almost like a child that was going to be protected by this other man who's enslaved him for 400 years. They have never done anything other than enslave you. They've never done anything other than control you. So why would you surrender to somebody who does not have your best interest at heart? So uh, so with that said, um, I'd like to ask everybody, um, if you could, you know, the importance of independent black media is important. We're not asking you to agree with everything we say here. We're just asking you to listen. And uh, I believe that black men and black women should be listened to. So if you can help us grow independent black media, please hit the subscribe button right now. If you haven't done it, please share this video. Please hit the thumbs up button. Also, uh, the blackbosschannel.com. That's where Jeff and brothers like Jeff and T are on there every day. I think people should listen to black men. We need black men that want to be bosses uh, and all this other stuff. So please support the channel. It's very important. All right. So last uh, point I want to uh, get to. Uh, I'll let you guys get the last word on this. Um where do you think we're going to go from here? What do you think this four years of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House is going to look like uh, for you guys? I'd, I'd like to get uh, your take, Jeff, and then UT, and and then um, I'll give my little quick take, and then we're going to bounce out and head back and go watch the game. So, Jeff, uh, what what do you think the next four years is going to look like for black people? Well, you know, before this illegal immigration thing said, I would say black people's headed in the right direction. I still think we are because the growth of independent medias like yourself, Dr. Boyce, like us on here, like Tariq Nasheed and names, whoever, black people are starting to wake up. We're seeing celebrities like Ice Cube with millions of followers, right? Like millions of people that he influences actually open up to thoughts like powernomics and things like that. And I think that's only going to expand. But having illegal immigrants come into the equation is trying to take that away, right? Like you're trying to null and void the black voice because you see that there are people, as crazy as Kanye West is, he spoke on powernomics. As crazy as you might think Ice Cube is, which we know he's not crazy, they try to make him seem crazy, but we see that even celebrities as big as Kanye and Ice Cube are getting affected by someone like Dr. Claude Anderson like they should. So I think black people are ascending in the right direction. Independent medias like Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Boyce TV, and Tariq Nasheed or whoever are ascending in the right direction. But they're trying to muzzle you. They're trying to make sure you don't have that voice. They see you growing. They see us growing. They see us getting more knowledgeable about economics, more knowledgeable about things like reparations, more knowledgeable about people who 
black people who are fighting for us that may are not in uh there may not have been talked about in the same way as your civil rights leaders, but maybe smarter than a lot of your civil rights leaders. So they see you going in that direction and trying to silence you. But I think we will overcome because we're that beautiful of a people. We're that smart of a people and we're headed in the right direction. I think it's, but there, there are attempts to assassinate our chances of becoming smarter and economically independent, but it, it's going to be a fight, but we have to continue to be smart about it. All right. Uh, T, uh, your, your final thoughts, brother. Um, I, I do definitely agree with uh, Jeff when he said we're, we are moving in the right direction as far as independent media. But the only thing I worry about is black people's emotions being exploited, because every time the word white supremacy is being used, we kind of run to the government and support whatever the liberals say. And what I mean is just take, for example, if this channel blows up to be a million or two million followers and you start waking black people up, telling them to be independent and it runs counter to a liberal narrative, they may find one little silly thing and censor you, de-platform you, just say you are spewing hate speech. And what's ridiculous about it is that you don't even get a chance to defend yourself. So that's what I'm worried about. And I'm telling black people, please do not allow your emotions. I don't care if you don't like someone. Do not sit there and align with the system that says, if we don't like you, we can silence you and wipe you off. We are a strong people, especially black men. You are a strong man. You're not some beta male who's always running away crying. Oh, that person's saying some mean things. So, so then maybe we should silence them. No, to counter hate speech, you counter it with more speech. You bring your arguments to the table. You be the more logical person. You be the more rational person. Why do you think Malcolm X is so popular now? Because every time that man was presented with a difficult question, he was always calm, cool, collected, very intelligent. You can listen to his interviews right now and apply it to today. You can't defeat a man's intellect if he's really focused. And this is what I want black people to understand. Do not be afraid of white people, okay? Stop letting white supremacy and white people stop you from moving forward and stop letting people trigger you about white supremacy because that creates a mental block where you're not able to think outward. You just focus on white people, how they how they feel about you. You have no political agenda. You have no economic agenda. All you want to do is get on the streets and fight. Mm. You know, uh, I'll tell you what, <laughs> you, you, you said a lot, man. I mean, I think you said a whole lot. And uh, what, one thing you made me think about on that last comment, uh, T, uh, Tariq Abdul Khalik, that's his name. I hope you got, I hope you all will follow uh, both of these brothers. Um, is uh, there, there's actually scientific study, and I'm going to confirm this with, with Dr. Alicia, my fiance. She's uh, an expert in, in all things related to the mind and all that. <clears throat> but if I'm not mistaken, there, there's science that literally shows that when somebody gets you afraid, you lose all your logical, critical thinking skill. You, you, whatever your plan is, is gone. Like Mike Tyson used to say, everybody got a plan until you get hit in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. So, so they don't actually even hit us in the mouth. They just tell us they're going to hit us in the mouth. And we the whole plan goes out the window. No more black agenda. Nothing. And, and, and you see that, right? Because we have a, um, a beta male feminized community. So remember, I don't know if you remember, Amanda Seal, when she saw one interview with Trump where he said something about the Proud Boys, she said, that's it. That's it. Forget the black agenda. Forget reparations. Forget all of that. We need to just get Trump out of Like she starts going, you know, crazy. <laughs> and it's like, and it's okay. Like she can sit back and do that. <laughs> she can act like that if she wants to. But I think that there have to be leaders in the front who are just not scared, right? Uh, there have to be those of us in the front who are going to say, yeah, yeah, we know you're going to hit us in the mouth, but we still have a plan, right? Uh, you know, and, and then not everybody's a fighter. Not everybody's meant to lead. 
Uh, and, and that's why they put people in front of our community and they say, these are your leaders, but they deliberately pick leaders who don't know how to lead, right? Like, it's like, if, I, if I'm picking your quarterback on the other football team, I'm going to deliberately pick the, the chubby guy who can't even throw the ball. I'm going to leave, you know, I'm going to leave uh, 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 Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. I'm not, I don't want, no, you don't want him. We're going to blackball him. I want the fat guy to be your quarterback because that gives me a chance to win. So what I want everybody to do, so that we can walk away. Remember, our goal is not just to talk. We want to make you better people. We want you to be leaders of your household because that's what you are. Everybody in here is a leader. So I want everybody to type one word in here. And that word for today is freedom. Freedom. That means freedom, uh, freedom of action, freedom of thought, uh, freedom of choice, freedom. Freedom means that you don't have to agree with anything that you heard today, but we have the freedom to say it. You have the freedom to believe what you believe. Also, you have the freedom to act. You have the freedom to move forward. You have the freedom to be strong, the freedom to be free. And the other thing I want you to understand, too, is that when you go forward and when people do threaten you, when there are attacks, um, that's going to happen. Right. That's just that's going to happen. Nobody's going to ch- no person who's not black. Let's just remember, John Humber Clark said you have no friends. No non-black person is going to cheer when black people become truly powerful. They are not going to cheer when you become truly powerful. And in fact, if they are cheering, they're either faking it. Or you really, or you got a false flag. You got to, you thought you were winning, but you're really losing, right? The only time they'll cheer for you is either when you're losing or when they're lying. So just know that they're not going to cheer when you truly have power. So, so what I encourage you to do is don't think of any sort of, uh, when they push back at you, like uh, I think Jeff uh, mentioned earlier, he said that as your platform grows, they'll probably find a reason to chop you down and shut you down. Well, they, they, they I didn't mention the Jeff, they, they shut us down on a pla- on one of the platforms, at least like once every week or two. Right after that stuff happened at the Capitol, one of our platforms got shut down. We had to find a plan B. Another platform got shut down. We had to find a plan C. We we just keep moving because I don't think I don't get offended when they come after us. I see it the way you see sports or the way you see war. When you fight in a war, the enemy is going to try to shoot back at you. And they are going to blow up your weapons manufacturing facility. They are going to destroy the bridge that you're about to cross. When you play football, the defense is going to figure out how you score your points, and they're going to do everything they can to stop you in the areas where you're the strongest. And, and what, what do you do? How do you win those games? Well, you keep playing. Uh, if you go back and you look at Poweronomics, Poweronomics says that power is the ability to pursue your agenda despite the opposition of others, despite the opposition. That means you can get the ball in the end zone, even if they're playing defense, <laughs> at the very least, you're going to try. There will never be a point. There's no point in any team's football, basketball strategy. I just think about sports and war. I love those two things. Those t- I study those topics. And, and one thing about sports and war is I don't see anything in, in these manuals about sports that says that at some point your strategy should be we just going to put the ball down and go walk on the sidelines and just sit with our tail between our legs. There's no part of the game plan that tells you to quit. Right. So so that's all you got to do is black people. Just don't quit. They're going to punch back at you. Just don't quit. Let me just tell you a, a, a quick a statement in terms of what impressed me about watching how Ice Cube operated was uh, I didn't really know. I didn't really know if this guy was was going to be sturdy or not, because some of these celebrities are ridiculous. They're, they're very weak. They don't know what's going on. They buckle and fold. It, as soon as somebody pick up the phone, they, they'll buckle and fold like little punks. And I would just kind of te- I'll kind of ask him, like, so how you feeling? They talking about you pretty bad on the internet. Hey, he was just like, oh, it happens. They'll get over it. Like he literally did not care. That's how. That's that's what you call masculine leadership, and that's what we need more of. 
Because when Joe Biden passed that crime bill, he killed a lot of your strongest men. A lot of your strong alpha men are in prison right now. And now that these guys are getting out, now that the black man is reemerging, we have to continue forward with that agenda despite the opposition of others. So, so at the end of the day, I think I think the great way to look at this is to say, you know what? Yeah, we know you're going to get mad. We know you're going to protect what you got, but we're going to move forward anyway. So everybody move forward, do something positive. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you to the panelists. Uh, I want to say their names one more time. If you will, please follow them. Jeff Lightsey Jr. is at jlightsey7. That's his uh his social media right there. Also, T. Kalik uh, or, or Tariq Abdul-Kalik. Uh, he goes by the name T. Kalik on Facebook. He's a very smart brother. Uh, and also, uh, we hope that you will also subscribe to whatever platform you're on. And if you want a copy of my book, you can go to allblackeconomics.com. Uh, that's allblackeconomics.com. So take care, everybody. Have a good night. Uh, uh, thanks a lot, brothers. I'll see you guys soon. All right. Peace.